Part two of the Giant Crab and Other Tales from Old India retold by W. H. D. Rouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part two The Wise Parrot and the Foolish Parrot, The Dishonest Friend, The Mouse and the Farmer, The Talkative Tortoise, The Monkey and the Gardener, The Goblin and the Sneeze, The Grateful Beasts and the Ungrateful Prince the wise parrot and the foolish parrot once upon a time there was a man who had two pet parrots that could talk very nicely indeed they had more sense than most people have and when their master was alone he used to spend the evening chattering with them they cracked jokes like any christian and told the funniest tales but this man had a thievish maid-servant he had to lock everything up and even as it was never turned his back but she was filching and pilfering one day the man had to go away on a journey before he went he took out the two parrots and perched one on each fist and says he to them now beaky and tweaky i want you to watch the maid while i am gone and if she steals anything you are to tell me when i come home again they blinked at him, their eyelids coming up over their eyes from underneath, as you must have noticed in parrots, looking very solemn as they did so. Then Beaky said, If she do it, she shall rue it. But Tweaky said nothing at all, only winked again more solemnly than ever. Good, Beaky, said the man, naughty Tweaky. Then he went away. As soon as he was out of sight, the maid began her games she picked the locks of his cupboards and ate the sugar she ate the biscuits she drank the wine beaky hopped into the room stood on one leg and shrieked naughty maid aren't you afraid master will know and you shall go the maid jumped as if she had been shot and looked around she thought somebody had caught her unawares but when she saw it was beaky she put on a sweet smile and held out a lump of sugar saying in a coaxing voice pretty polly pretty beaky i won't do it again come then and have a nice lump of sugar this temptation was too strong for poor beaky he wanted very much to do his duty but he wanted the lump of sugar more so he put his head on one side and looking very wise sidled up to the maid this was the very wrong of beaky because he knew the sugar was stolen and in another minute he was sorry for as soon as he came within reach and pecked at the sugar the maid caught him by the neck with the other hand then her smile changed and she sneered so beaky is going to tell is he tell tale tit i'll teach beaky to tell tales as she said each word she plucked out a feather from poor beaky's head beaky shrieked and beaky struggled but all in vain she did not let him go till he was bald as a bullet tweaky saw all this but said nothing only winked and blinked and looked more solemn than ever the maid looked at him but thought she that bird is too stupid to tell and he isn't worth the trouble of plucking so she left him alone by and by the master came in the maid went up to him in a great bustle and said she had found beaky stealing sugar and she had plucked him as a punishment when the evening came the master sat in his room with beaky and tweaky poor beaky felt ashamed of himself and had nothing to say 
he sat on his perch the picture of misery with his tail drooping and his ridiculous bald head tweaky said nothing at all now it happened that the master had a bald head too and when he took off his skull-cap which he generally wore to keep his head warm tweaky noticed it he laughed loud and shrieked out oh where's your feathers tail-tail tit where's your feathers tail-tail tit tweaky was only a parrot you see and was not always quite correct in his grammar as you are what do you mean asked the master but for a long time tweaky would say nothing but the same words over and over again where's your feathers tail-tail tit however by and by they heard the maid going to bed tramp 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 then tweaky grew a little braver and next time the master asked him what he meant he replied every parrot has two eyes both the foolish and the wise but the wise can shut them tight when tis best to have no sight wisdom has the best of it where's your feathers tail-tail tit then the master understood what had happened for he was a very clever man and without any delay he ran upstairs two steps at a time and woke the maid and made her dress herself and turned her out of the house then and there i wonder why he did not do it before but that is no business of mine after that poor beaky never had the heart to talk again but tweaky whenever he saw a bald-headed man or a woman with a high forehead shrieked out at the top of his voice ha 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 where's your feathers tail-tail tit the dishonest friend there was once a man who went on a journey and he asked a friend to take charge of his plough till he should return the friend promised to take great care of it but no sooner was the man gone than he sold the plough and put the price in his own pocket was not that a mean trick to serve a friend the man came back and asked his friend for the plough oh i am so sorry the friend replied my house is infested with rats and one night a very big rat came and ate it up ah well said the man what can't be cured must be endured it must have been a very big rat though it was said the other very big you must not suppose this man was quite such a fool as he seemed you will soon see why he did not make a fuss about his plough next day he took his friend's son out for a walk when they had gone some distance he took the boy to another friend's house and told this friend to keep the boy safe but not to let him go out of the house till he returned then he ran back to the boy's father where is my boy asked the father your boy oh i remember a hawk swooped down and carried him off oh you liar oh you murderer cried the friend come before the judge and then we shall see as you please said the man so they went to the court what is your complaint asked the judge my lord this man took my son out for a walk with him and came back alone and now he says a hawk carried him off he must have murdered the boy justice my lord justice what is this asked the judge sternly come my man tell the truth it is the truth my lord said the man he came with me for a walk and was carried away by a hawk nonsense said the judge who ever heard of a hawk carrying off a boy and who ever heard my lord of a rat eating a plough what do you mean asked the judge the man told his story then the judge saw that the man who complained had cheated his friend and understood what was the reason of this little trick so he said to the man whose son was lost 
if you find the plough that was entrusted to you perhaps your son may be found too the man was much annoyed at being found out but willy-nilly he had to give the plough back then his son was brought back safe to him again and he began to see that honesty is the best policy the mouse and the farmer once upon a time there was a mouse who made his hole in a place where there were thousands and thousands of golds and sovereigns buried in the ground now there was a farmer who owned the land where this treasure was buried but he did not know about it or else of course he would have dug it up he often noticed the little mouse sitting with his head peeping out of the hole but as he was a very kind farmer he never hurt the mouse and now and then when he was having his own dinner he would throw the mouse a bit of cheese the mouse was very grateful to the farmer and wondered what he could do to show it at last he thought of the treasure for this mouse was sensible enough to know that farmers are very pleased to get a golden sovereign now and again so one day as the farmer went by the hole mousie ran out with a golden sovereign in his mouth and dropped it at the farmer's feet you can imagine how glad the farmer was to see a golden sovereign indeed it was the first one he had seen since the corn laws were abolished so he thanked the mouse and went down to the village and bought him a beautiful piece of meat after this the mouse every day brought the farmer a golden sovereign and every day the farmer gave him a big chunk of meat thus in a few weeks mousie grew quite fat but the farmer had a big black cat that used to prowl about watching for mice it used never to notice the farmer's own favorite mouse while the mouse was thin but when he grew sleek and fat and shiny grimalkin which was the cat's name lay in wait for him one day and pounced upon him poor little mousie was terrified please don't kill me mr grimalkin said mousie why not i'm hungry and you are fat but sir if you eat me now you'll be hungry to-morrow won't you of course i shall said grimalkin well said mousie who had suddenly thought of a plan if you will only let me go i'll bring you a beautiful juicy piece of meat every day this was a tempting offer for grimalkin who was a lazy cat and liked sitting by the fire and licking himself all over better than hunting for mice all right said he only if you leave out one day you're a dead mouse then with a frightful spit bristling up all his whiskers and eyebrows grimalkin ran away so next day when the farmer gave mousie his dinner mousie carried it off to the black cat and the black cat spat and swore and ate it up and away ran mousie trembling but by degrees mousie grew thinner and thinner because grimalkin always had his dinner and soon he was nothing but skin and bone then the farmer noticed how thin his mouse had become so one day he asked the mouse whether he was ill no said mousie i'm not ill what is the matter then asked the farmer i never get any dinner now said mousie with tears running down over his nose because grimalkin eats it all then he told the farmer about the bargain he had made with grimalkin now the farmer had a beautiful piece of glass with a hole in the middle i think it was an inkstand but i am not sure so he took this piece of glass and put mousie inside it and turned it upside down upon the ground in front of mousie's hole now said he next time grimalkin comes for your dinner tell him you have none for him and see what will happen 
So next day up comes Grimalkin for his dinner, spitting and looking very fierce. Meat, meat, says he to the mouse. Get off, vile thief, said Mousie. I've no meat for the likes of you. At this Grimalkin could hardly believe his ears. He was in a rage, I can tell you, and without stopping to think, pounced upon Mousie and swallowed him, ink stand and all. You see, as it was all glass, Grimalkin did not know that there was any inkstand there, because he saw the mouse through it. Now cats can digest a good deal, but they cannot digest a glass inkstand. So Grimalkin, when he had swallowed the mouse and the inkstand, felt a pain inside, and this got worse and worse, until at last he died. And then Mousie crept out of the inkstand and crawled up through Grimalkin's throat and went back to his hole again and there he lived all his life in happiness, every day bringing a golden sovereign to the farmer, who gave him, every day, a beautiful dinner of meat. THE TALKATIVE TORTOISE Once upon a time there was a tortoise that lived in a pond. He was a most worthy tortoise, but he had one fault. He would talk in season and out of season all day long it was chatter 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 in that pond until the fish said that they would rather live on dry land than put up with it any longer but the tortoise had two friends a pair of young geese who used to fly about near the pond in search of food and when they heard that things were getting hot for the tortoise in that pond because he talked so much they flew up to him and cried eagerly oh tortoise do come along with us we have such a beautiful home away in the mountains where you may talk all day long and nobody shall worry you there all oh, very well grumbled the tortoise but how am i to get there i can't fly oh we'll carry you if you can only keep your mouth shut for a little while yes i can do that says he when i like let us be off so the geese picked up a stout stick, and one goose took one end in her bill, and the other goose took the other end, and then they told the tortoise to get hold in the middle. Only be careful, said they, not to talk. The tortoise set his teeth fast on the stick, and held on like grim death, while the geese, flapping their strong wings, rose in the air and flew towards their home all went well for a time but it so happened that some boys were looking up in the air and were highly amused by what they saw look there cried one to the rest two geese carrying a tortoise on a stick the tortoise on hearing this was so angry that he forgot all about his danger and opened his mouth to cry out what's that to you mind your own business but he got no farther than the first word for when his mouth opened he loosed the stick down he dropped and fell with a crash on the stones the talkative tortoise lay dead with his shell cracked in two the monkey and the gardener once upon a time there was a beautiful park full of all manner of trees and shrubs with beds of flowers set here and there and no end of fruit trees a gardener used to take care of this park pruning the trees when they made too much wood, and digging the ground and watering the flowers in dry weather. It happened that there was a fair to be held away in the city, and the gardener very much wanted to go. But who would take care of the park and garden? If his master came in and found all the flowers drooping or dead, what would he say then? It would never do. Meditating thus and in doubt, 
he looked up into the branches of the trees and a bright thought struck him i must tell you that in this park there were not only herds of deer and plenty of rabbits and other creatures that usually live in parks but there were troops of monkeys in the trees who climbed and chattered and cracked nuts all day long with no lessons to do and when the gardener cast up his eyes to the trees he saw some monkeys that he knew very well indeed many a time he had been kind to them and now he thought they should do the like by him as one good turn deserves another so the gardener called out monkeys i want you down they all clambered and in a very short time they were sitting beside him on the grass monkeys said he i have been a good friend to you letting you eat my nuts and apples and now i want to take a holiday will you water my garden while i am away oh yes 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 cried the monkeys they thought it a great joke and leaped for joy so the gardener handed over his watering pots to the monkeys and put on his sunday clothes and went away to the fair meanwhile the monkeys held a solemn council sitting in a ring round the monkey chief brothers said the monkey chief our good friend the gardener has given us charge of this garden and all there is in it we must take care not to hurt anything and above all not to waste the water there is very little water and i really don't think it will go round it was in fact a well very small at the top but very deep and at the bottom the water was always running you might have watered till doomsday out of that well but monkeys though they are cunning are not wise and these monkeys thought that a little round hole could not hold very much water so you see the monkey chief went on you must give each plant just enough water and no more and i think the best way will be to see how long the roots are so each monkey took a watering pot and they scattered all over the garden every bush and every plant they carefully pulled up and measured its root and then they gave a great deal of water to plants with long roots and only a little when the roots were short after that they put the plants and bushes back in the holes they came from after a day or two back came the gardener from his fair but what was his horror to see that nearly all the plants in the garden were drooping some of them dead and many dying while the monkeys were busy in every direction pulling up the rest oh dear oh dear what in the world are you doing my garden is ruined my garden is ruined the poor gardener wept for sorrow the chief monkey was very much surprised he thought he had been very clever to put water according to the size of the roots and he said so clever said the gardener clever indeed fools you are there is no mistake about that fools they may be said his master who had come up behind him without being seen but after all that is their nature you ought to have known better than to put monkeys in charge of a garden and you are a greater fool than they then he sent that gardener away and got another the goblin and the sneeze once upon a time there was a very powerful goblin who haunted a little house just outside the gates of a city nobody else lived in this house there was a big black beam that ran across from one side to the other up in the roof and there this goblin perched for twelve years he had served the king of the goblins faithfully and as a reward he was now permitted to gobble up any man who sneezed inside that house and indeed that is why these creatures are called goblins 
but if when a man sneezed someone said god bless you as people do say or may you live a hundred years then the man who said it was free and if the other answered the same to you he was free too everybody but these the goblin might gobble up for a single sneeze now it fell out that one day a father and son were travelling along the road and they came to the city gates just as the sun went down i must tell you that in those days the people used to shut the city gates fast at sunset and nothing would make them open again till the morning they were horribly afraid of robbers or wild soldiers who might come and damage them in the night so when these two wayfarers came to the gates and wanted to go in the porter said no now do we look like robbers asked the father certainly they did not dusty and grimy with their trudge and a bag of tools over the shoulder robbers or no robbers orders are orders said the porter and this gate doesn't open for the king himself well what are we to do the poor fellow was in despair oh there's an empty house outside there it is amongst the trees it is haunted they say but i dare say the goblin won't hurt you goblin well we must take our chance i suppose indeed there was nothing for it so to the house they went they rested and cooked a meal for themselves on a fire of sticks and then prepared to go to sleep the goblin however was not going to let them off so easily he wanted his dinner too after waiting a long time with never a sneeze from one or the other he raised a cloud of fine dust that was rather mean of him but still he was very hungry and did not stick at trifles sure enough the father nearly sneezed his head off the goblin chuckled and made ready to pounce from his perch and devour the pair of them but the son happened to see him and being a sharp lad he guessed the truth god bless you father says he may you live a hundred years now the goblin gnashed his teeth however if his pudding was lost his meat was left so he stretched out a great claw to clutch the father and tear him to pieces just then the father cried thank you my son and the same to you he was only just in time the claw was within an inch of his throat but the goblin baffled flew up to his perch again and sat mouthing and mumbling there then the son began to talk to this goblin and showed him the error of his ways and how cruel he was to eat men and the end of it was he persuaded the goblin to become a vegetarian and to follow him about and be his errand boy you will think this was a very soft-hearted goblin perhaps no one had ever spoken kindly to him before anyhow whatever the reason was he went out with the two travellers as tame as a tabby cat and for all i know they may be travelling together to this very day the grateful beasts and the ungrateful prince once upon a time there was a king and he had a son and this son was so cruel and disagreeable that he took delight in hurting people and never spoke to anybody without an oath or a blow he was a thorn in the flesh to everybody he came across he was like grit in the porridge like a fly in the eye like a stone in the shoon and they called him the wicked prince one day the wicked prince went down to the river to bathe along with a number of servants by and by a great storm came on and the clouds were so thick that it became pitch dark 
However, this prince was obstinate and would not give up his bathe, and as he was too lazy even to bathe himself, he swore at his servants and said, "'You lazy beast, bathe me and look sharp about it, or I'll tickle you with a cat o' nine tails.' Now the servants had had enough of this young bully, and thought they, "'What if we pitch him into the river where the current is strong and just leave him there?' we can easily pretend he was carried away where we could not reach him and if the king finds us out and puts us to death anyhow death is better than his eternal bullying so they pitched him head over heels into the water though he screamed and struggled and then they went home and told the king that he had gone in to bathe and a flood carried him away i dare say it was wicked of them to tell such a lie but it was more the prince's fault than theirs meanwhile the prince had got hold of a tree that had been torn up by the roots and climbing upon it went floating down the river now on the banks of this river lived a snake this snake had once been a very rich man and he had buried a vast treasure on the river bank and he loved his riches more than he loved his own soul so when he died he was born again as a snake and had to live forever close to his buried hoard and a rat that lived close by had also been a man once and buried his money as the snake had done instead of using it in doing good so he was born as a rat and made a hole where his money lay these two creatures were caught by the flood and it so happened that they saw the tree where the wicked prince was and swimming to it each got on one end while the prince was in the middle and a young parrot flying through the air was beaten down by the rain for in that country the drops of rain were as big as pigeons eggs and no birds can fly through it then it so happened that this parrot dropped down upon the same tree where the snake was and the rat and the wicked prince and so there were four of them on the tree floating down the river as the tree came near to a bend in the river it was washed close to the bank and on the bank a man was sitting he did not mind the rain a bit because he was a hermit who thought the world so wicked that he left it and went to live in the jungle all by himself he built himself a little hut by the riverside and wet or fine he cared not a jot this man saw the tree and managed to catch hold of it and pull it ashore then he got the four creatures off it and took them into his hut and dried them and warmed them by the fire but he began with the parrot because she looked the most miserable of them all and then he dried the rat and next the snake and only attended to the man when he had comforted the other three this made the wicked prince very angry if he abused even those who made much of him you may imagine how he cursed and swore in his heart at this man who left him to the last but he said nothing because he was afraid that if he did the man might turn him out in the storm again in a day or two the rain stopped and the flood went down and the creatures were all right again as they took their leave of the hermit the snake thanked him for his kindness and said you have saved my life good hermit what can i do for you you seem to be a poor man i am rich and if you ever want money just come to my hole and call snake and you can have all my treasure Goodbye. The rat said the same. The parrot was very sorry to think that she had no money, so she said, Silver and gold have I none, but if you ever are hungry and you want some rice, come to my tree and call parrot, and I'll get you as much rice as ever you like. 
but the wicked prince hated this kind hermit because he had been left to the last however he pretended to be grateful and said to the hermit i hope you will pay me a visit soon i am a prince and i shall be glad of a chance to repay you for all you have done for me then he went away chuckling to think how he would torment the poor hermit if ever he got him into his power this hermit had all his wits about him and he knew that people often promise what they never mean to do so after a while he thought he would put them all to the test so first he took his stick and journeyed to the city where the wicked prince lived the prince who was king himself now saw him coming and thought to himself aha here's that rascal that left me to the last wants me to pay him for it i suppose well i'll pay him i'll pay him out so he called to his men hi there brutes do you see that fellow he tried to rob me the other day just catch him and give him a flogging and then stick a stake through his body and leave him to die then the servants caught the hermit and flogged him well but the hermit did not cry out or grumble only kept on saying to himself quietly the proverb's true the proverb's true what proverb do you mean they asked him it's unlucky to save a drowning man said the hermit then he told them the whole story and very angry they were when they heard it they stopped beating the hermit at once and seizing the wicked king they beat him instead and stuck a stake through his body and left him to die then they made the hermit king instead of the wicked prince and the hermit took them a walk into the country and when they came to the snake's hole he called out snake out came the snake and curled up against his feet and showed him the hole where his treasure was and the hermit gave it all to his servants and then they went to the rat's hole and he called out rat and the rat ran out and rubbed his nose against the king's hand and gave him all his treasure which the king gave to his servants as well as the other and last of all they went to the parrot's tree and called parrot and the parrot flew up and gave a call and instantly all the air was black with parrots and all the parrots carried a grain of rice in their beaks and dropped it on the ground and there was such a heap of rice that it was enough to feed all the people for the rest of their lives so the grateful beasts kept their promise and the ungrateful prince was killed and the hermit ruled over his people kindly and they all lived happily until they died and when they died they all went to heaven and the snake and the rat and the parrot went there too because they had at last overcome their love of money and given it away to show how grateful they were to the hermit for being kind to them end of part two